Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, Project Manager Feedback. Today we're going to review the Project Manager Feedback model. Before we go on, just a quick reminder about our upcoming September 24th, 2009 Effective Manager Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're interested in joining us for a full day of one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation, and how to roll this thing out, consider joining us in Atlanta on September 24th. Love to see you there. All right, folks, here we go with the show. Well, you and I both don't uh, don't particularly like uh, matrix organizations, but no, yeah, we're we're realists. They they do exist, and we probably ought to talk a little bit about that because project managers often have to give feedback to their folks. Too, when I say their folks, these folks don't generally report to them; they're just part of the project team, and it's it's a little different. And, and we have some recommendations around that. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, project managers' roles are unique. There are a lot of people today who think that the matrix model and project management is management just because if they're in a technical organization, that's the way the organization is structured. But but of course, that's not exactly so. Project manager roles are different than normal, man- normal manager roles in some ways, uh, similar in many and, and different in some. And we're really just going to focus on one part of the project manager's special challenges today, which is how to give feedback to their project team members. And look, it's easy. The, the, the short answer is the manager tools peer or project feedback model. And it's convenient that both peer and project start with a P. We might periodically call it the, the PFM, the project or peer feedback model. And this is really just an addition to the, the family of feedback casts, which of course adds it to the basics casts as well. And the reason we're doing this is we, it goes back to the fundamental about why we have the Trinity and so on. We know that high performance managers and leaders and executives are candid and open about performance with their directs, with their, with people who report to them, whether it's project or, or, or uh, as a normal direct. It is a core part of what makes for a great executive. We've got to be willing to learn how to give feedback to those people to help them essentially having candid performance conversations with folks. Good. And so we're going to talk about four things today, a little bit about some project manager background. We need to make sure we've got all that clear in everybody's mm-hmm. mind. And we're going to talk about the project manager feedback model. And for those longtime listeners who know the peer feedback model, it's easy. It's two steps, steps right. two and three of our standard feedback model. This stuff works regardless of rank. And so we'll talk a little bit about that because that's actually one of those things that trips up project managers often. Yeah. What do you do if you, if your boss's peer is on your team, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually do nothing, but yeah. we, we've got a better <laughs> way. And then we're going to end up with um, talking about that this, folks, this only works for project work where you're not the manager of this individual and we suggest you don't act like such. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So let's, let's get on with the first point. Let's give some background to this project manager piece. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where project managers, in our opinion, fall into a nasty little category. You know, when we're assigned as a project manager, frankly, whether we're in a matrix organization or not, the organization, in our opinion, in a manner of speaking, throws us to the wolves. 
you know, what they say is, yeah, sure, sure. Collaboration is key. I know you're a collaborative person and communication is what we, what we do here, blah, blah, blah. Every leader, every HR person, every corporate flyer, all that sort of stuff says, you know, our people are great and we are fabulous communicators and that's the way the company works all the time. So in that ideal model, completely false and not real, but in that ideal model, why wouldn't you be able to be a project manager? And the fact is 95 plus percent of companies don't work that way. Nobody teaches all this collaboration and communication stuff well. I hate to do it, but, but I, well, no, I don't hate to do it. I like to do it. But some folks probably haven't yet heard my favorite leadership quote, which essentially addresses the difference between saying you're going to make somebody a project manager and then actually making it happen and creating an infrastructure to allow them to do it. Or for that matter, anything we say or do in leadership, how easy it is to talk about versus how hard it is to do in real life. And this is my favorite leadership quote. It comes from uh, John Brown's Body, which is um, a Pulitzer Prize winning book by Stephen Vincent Benet, written, shoot, got to be 100 years ago. And it goes like this. If you take a flat map and move wooden blocks upon it strategically, the thing looks well. The blocks behave as they should. The science of war is moving live men like blocks and getting the blocks into place at a fixed moment. But it takes time to mold your men into blocks and flat maps turn into country where creeks and gullies hamper your wooden squares. They stick in the brush. They are tired and rest. They straggle after ripe blackberries. And you cannot lift them up in your hand and move them. It is all so clear in the maps, so clear in the mind. But the orders are slow. The men in the blocks are slow to move. When they start, they take too long along the way. The general loses his stars, and the block men die. In unstrategic defiance of martial law, because still used to just being men and not block parts. You know, basically, everybody says you have authority as a project manager, right? Everybody says you're a manager. They act as if the org structure supports a PM. Oh, that's why we're structured the way we do, uh, the way we are. But nobody gives a project manager a break, in our, in our opinion, unless the project is important. It becomes all about the project. Organizations don't tell us what we can do, what our limits are. They don't say officially what our authority is. They don't say we can fire somebody. They don't say we can promote. I mean, in fact, you roll all this up, it's our opinion. They don't say anything because there's nothing to say. Project managers have virtually no official authority in virtually all organizations, despite their often enormous responsibilities. But look, as PMs, we're responsible for, for performance, right? I mean, just like normal bosses with the ability to hire and to promote and to increase pay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the... Uh the carpenter responsible for making the building, but taking away the hammer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And basically if we have all this responsibility and the organization really isn't clear about our, our authority, and we're not saying that project managers should be given all the authorities a man manager has. We're simply saying in the world today, we know there's a, there's a hidden assumption among everybody that you have all this responsibility. You have no authority, but the company only makes it work by acting as makes it worse by acting as if we do have authority. Basically, all this means is that if we're going to be effective, we need a new way to talk to everybody in their project on the, our project team about their performance. And unfortunately, nobody tells us how to do that either, ex except for manager tools. So, if we're going to talk about performance and we we recognize that we don't have any officially recognized power, then we need to use a model or a template that addresses someone's performance without leaning on our role power, which is yep. very small. <laughs> 
Yeah. And basically what that means is the stripped down manager tools, peer or project manager feedback model. We strip out steps one and four, the ones built to address power in our original four-step model. And we end up with the two-step feedback model, which is simply steps two and three. For those of you who know the model, and even for those who don't, it's, it's really pretty simple. For a project manager, our feedback model has two steps. A, state the behavior, and B, describe the behavior's impact. Now, to make it easy, hopefully this won't confuse new listeners, but we're going to cheat a little bit here and call the first step, step two, because it is step two in our core model, if you were using this for all managers, uh, managers of directs. And we're to call our second step in the project feedback model, what I call B, describing the impact, we're going to call that step three, since it is step three in our core model. Right. So our project manager feedback model has two steps, steps two and three, <laughs> as confusing as that may be. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's not too terribly confusing. I mean, we, we could say one and two and then say it's step one in this model and step two in that model, but. I think that's even worse probably for the majority yeah. of folks. What we hope is that people say, oh, they're, you know, if you're a new listener and you're listening, we hope you say, oh, wow, there's more to this. And if you have a veteran listener listening next to you, you'd say, uh, yeah, um, please go back. And if you're, if you're a boss now, go back and listen to our original feedback model casts, which are on the web and in the podcasts. If you go click on podcasts and go down to the basics cast, you'll find a series about one-on-ones and feedback and coaching and delegation and right. all the feedback casts are there. So tell me what's, what's the rationale for this though? Because I, neither you or I would suggest that project managers are, aren't as smart as regular full powered managers. So, right. so it, it simply can't be, we're just trying to dumb it down and make it simple for project managers. Oh yeah. Oh good. Okay. So, sure. So, well, so what's the rationale for that? Oh yeah. They can't handle four steps. We'll just give them two baby steps. Exactly. Right now. No, that's not it. No, the rationale, I don't want to revisit the entirety of all of our previous podcasts on feedback, but let's do this. Let's, let's walk through quickly. In step one, if we're the boss, in the normal step one model, we ask, if, since we're the boss, we ask our director if they're willing to hear some feedback, good or bad. It sounds like, hey, can I give some feedback or can I share something with you? This is the most critical step when we're a boss. And it's, it's the, when we say boss, we're someone who has control over, as we like to say, control over our addicts, a direct's addiction to food, clothing, and shelter. We have to ask because if the direct isn't ready, they're unlikely to help us achieve what we're attempting. Now, you got to go back and you got to remember the purpose of feedback is to encourage effective behavior. It's not to punish. It's not to reward. It's not to remind somebody of a recent offense. It's not to shame. It's not to inspire. Okay. The purpose of feedback is to encourage effective behavior. Think about the word encourage for a second. Can we encourage the past? No, we can't. The only thing encouragement is good for is the future. Okay. What is the topic of feedback in the general model? It's our direct's behavior. The only person who controls our direct's behavior is our direct. So if they're not ready to hear, Regardless how, how ready we are to deliver, we're not going to be encouraging them, right? Even if we talk, if they're not ready, they won't be hearing us. And, so we're ta- and since we're talking about something only they control, we won't be encouraging anything at all. Okay, so that's step one. We ask. We have to ask. Because we have power, and that's the key, power, formal power, role power, 
and they may not be ready to hear from somebody in power about something we want to encourage, since that has potential risks for them, we ask if they're ready. Right. And for those of you who have not listened to the core model, you ask, and they can actually say no. And if that drives you crazy and you wonder why that is and how we could possibly recommend something like that, then simply go back and listen to the old core feedback model podcast. Yeah. So in the project manager model, since we don't have power, we don't ask in step one. Okay. In step two, we state the behavior in question. If they're late to a meeting, we say, hey, when you're late. When they answer a question well in a briefing, we say, when you give a short, concise answer like that. When they're rude to a coworker, we say, when you yell at Terry. We do this to focus the discussion on what they did. We don't say, I feel that what you did wasn't valid. Because when you do that, when you say, I feel that what you did is, wasn't valid, we're making the feedback about our response, about our emotions about it. Okay. Step two basically creates the first half of an if-then statement or the first half of a stimulus response or of an action-reaction situation. In other words, step two is the first half of you did this and then this happened kind of pairing. Okay. Action-reaction, stimulus and response. Step two is the action or the stimulus. Now look, because this step has nothing to do with power, but it's simply a statement of the recipient's behavior. The recipient of the feedback is what we're talking about there. Step two is the first part of the project feedback model. We can make a connection between action and reaction, even if we're not the boss. But we can't ask, hey, can I give you some feedback? Because that implies that we're their boss, that there's power, and they may not be ready to hear something from their boss. Again, step two doesn't have any power inherent in it. Any role power doesn't make it worse or doesn't eliminate it as being valuable because all we're doing is saying, hey, you did something, right? which is fairly straightforward. Yeah, and because we're talking about behavior, it's not an inference or a characterization of behavior. It's simply observable behavior. And we'll, t- we'll talk more about that in a little bit, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Now, step three of the original model is we, we describe the impact of the behavior, They did something, and because of that, something happened. You did X, and Y happened because you did X, okay? This is the response part of stimulus response. It's the reaction of the action-reaction equation, okay? When you're late, it slows us down. When you miss a deadline, I don't know how to brief the boss. When you stay polite when a customer yells at you, it makes me proud to be your boss, Step two is confined to behaviors, which is a somewhat narrow construct. Step three can be any impact at all. If step three, if something happened legitimately as a result of their action, it's fair game for step three. And when you think about it, action, reaction, stimulus, response, because step three also has nothing to do with our role power, but is simply the impact of the step two behavior, it too is part of the project feedback model. Really, what we're getting at here, and we'll go further here, is that steps one and four are related to, about, and imply or suggest that we have role power. We eliminate those 
in our project manager feedback model because we don't have role power. Even if the person is a direct of ours, you, we could make the case that on the project, we don't have project role power over them. And we, we wouldn't recommend that. If it's a direct of yours and they're assigned to you on a project, sure, use the four-step model. But if they're a peer of one of our directs, in other words, they don't report to us, and they're on a project with us, then we recommend only the two steps because, again, steps one and step four, and both of them are, in part at least, related to asking, they are built for addressing our role power. And without role power, it doesn't do any good to use them in the project feedback model, okay? Now, step four, let's just go on, just finish this. Step four of the original model is the place where we talk about the future specifically. Remember, of course, feedback is about the future. It's not what just happened. If it's behavior that resulted in a positive impact, step three is a good thing, you know, when you brief the customer that way, they buy more from us. Obviously, that that step three, that they buy more from us is a positive impact. Then we say, we simply say thanks and we ask for more. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Please do more of that. Something like that. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. Keep it up. Whatever. If step three demonstrated a negative impact when you're late, it slows us down. Okay we'd ask for different behavior in the future in step four. Can you do that differently next time? How could you do that differently next time? Would you consider doing that differently next time? Because this step, again, touches upon our role power, we can ask or even mandate that a direct, not a project direct, but a direct, do something differently. Because of that, we leave this out of our project manager model. We can't demand in the event of negative feedback that they change their behavior because we don't have that role power. And so therefore it doesn't go in. What about, I can just imagine some project managers right now going, well, I think step four is appropriate because in, in, in some cases the project manager outranks the, the person, right? So given that, why not, why not ask them to do something differently or ask them if they can do something differently? Yeah. In fact, we've had people say, if you're going to go down the path of including step four, uh, you know, they actually say, well, look, if step four is going to be there, why don't we do step one as well? Ah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because sure, they, I outrank them. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> That's Yeah, the they don't. They don't want to do that. And, and what, what people want, what project managers secretly want is the power inherent in step four without the responsibility of step one. Because in step one, you have to say, hey, can I give you some feedback? Right. And if they're not your direct, even if they're on a project, yeah, they might say no. And in our, on our full model and st our four-step model, we actually say walk away if they say no. But here's the problem. We recommend we leave them both out. And the reason is because if we choose just steps two and three, we now can apply this one model to all project manager feedback. Because what if the person was your boss's peer? You wouldn't use the four-step model on them, Right. And now you have to think, would I ask that person, would I use the step four model because of his rank? And what we're doing there is we're adding an additional step, which is, okay, I got to think about where this person fits in the organization. And again, we'll talk about that, that further. So if you're going to use step four, you're essentially implying I should also use step one, which then both of those relate to role power and we don't recommend it. Okay. Now what most people want at this point is, okay, how does that sound? Right. And here's an important thought to have before we give you a bunch of examples. If you take out steps one and four of the model and all you're doing is stimulus response, action and reaction, if then, OK, 
okay? Really what it boils down to, getting rid of the role stuff, we are sharing new information with our project team member. That's all. That's all. We're simply sharing it. We're holding it out in front of them for them to look at. We're saying, you did this thing here and this other thing happened. Thought you'd want to know. It's not really terribly positive or negative. It's not a judgment. It is an observation that they may not be aware of. Okay. Again, you heard that right. It's not terribly positive or negative. The negativity uh, or the positivity is, is more a function for most directs or most project team members, a function of the role power. Because the decision about what's positive or negative so often in organizations rests with the person who has power. We wanted our model for project managers to reduce the judgment of right or wrong or good and bad and just say, hey, I noticed this result from your action. I thought you'd want to know. Okay. And look, I, I even tell people when we're briefing individual, you know, client managers or something, we're on site at clients, feel free to leave in the actual words. I just thought you'd want to know. That tends to say, I'm acting as your peer rather than saying, this is pejorative, this is negative, uh, you might be considering me casting aspersions on you, whatever. This is just me sharing something. It's almost a whispered aside rather than a directly delivered four-step model. Yeah. It's almost like you're doing the person a favor, right? Yeah. You did this. I don't know if you noticed, but I saw this result of what you did. Just just thought you want to know. Right. And, and look, we've talked before about something called the starter feedback model for bosses, which is you only do steps one, two, and three. There are managers or directs right now are saying, wow, I, I like their, their, their theory here. I may just start using steps two and three. We're not saying you can't. Just recognize that steps two and three, sharing information and saying, well, I just thought you'd want to know is fine. But at some point, you're responsible for them changing their behavior if it's negative. And this does not in necessarily encourage changing of behavior in all cases. It, well, let me put it this way. It doesn't give you the opportunity to come back to them and have a tougher conversation as easily as steps one through four do. Good. Okay. So with that, how does it sound? What does it sound like? Well, let me give you, let me give you a bunch of examples. Okay. When you brief the customer in advance, I appreciate the extra effort. Thought you'd want to know that. Okay. When you're repeatedly late, the client notices and mentions it to me. Just an FYI. When you beat the quality standard, it's so much easier in test. Thanks. When you don't respond in kind to Roger's rude attacks, I appreciate your forbearance. When you relook your budget so quickly, it sure makes our roll-up easier. When you update those slides on short notice, it makes the briefing go well. Just an FYI. Yeah. When you're angry, the meeting goes less well. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say angry, right? No. Oh. We don't want to use angry because angry is an inference. Now, when you roll your eyes and you say, this is stupid, I think you're angry and that doesn't help, right? But that's a case where we want to stick to behavior. You know, now look, those of you who have been listening a long time know our distinct bias around behavior. Focusing on anything other than behavior for most managers is going to be problematic. Those who focus on outcomes miss the fact, and organizations do this all the time, miss the fact that we don't control outcomes when we take action, we only control our behaviors. There's nothing wrong with measuring outcomes, but giving feedback about them is mostly, mostly worthless. Behavior drives all organizational results, it is completely observable, and it responds well to feedback, whatever model you're going to use. So what's what's wrong with um, angry? I mean, when you're angry, I mean, it... it 
I mean, when I say that people have a pretty good idea what I'm talking about, right? Yes. And, and generally at a sub level, they do too, but there are five types of behavior. The words we say, how we say them, our facial expressions, our body language, and our work product. Any of those is fair game for feedback. On the other hand, attitude, state of mind, intent, none of those are effective targets of feedback. Look at it this way, Mike. What does somebody always say when we tell them they have a bad attitude? No, I don't. <laughs> right, exactly. When we give feedback about attitude or state of mind or intent, we basically are, are gunning for an argument because we're suggesting we know what someone else is thinking or feeling. And the fact is we never do. And even if we did and we're accurate, they don't like when we talk about our, when we talk about their attitude or their state of mind or their intent. And so they legitimately think they can defend themselves. So anger is a state of mind. Therefore, we wouldn't give feedback about it. Now, look, on the other hand, let's just, let's just drive this point home. It is easy to address attitude or state of mind or intent with this model. We just talk about it as a result in step two or step three, actually, of our two-step project manager model, which is steps two and three, step three being the second step, right? We just talk about it as a result, as an impact, but not as a behavior. For instance, it's ineffective and silly and irritating too as well to give feedback along the lines of when you're a jerk, your client tells me they don't like you in the meetings, right? That's making attitude, not a behavior, but an attitude, being a jerk, Jerk is an attitude. It's not a behavior. Somebody engages in certain behaviors and then you decide they're a jerk, right? We're making attitude part of the behavior step, right? Now, compare this, though. When you roll your eyes and call the client stupid in the meeting, they call you a jerk later. Yeah, they call you a jerk later and ask me to have you not come to meetings. Or when you roll your eyes like that in a meeting, you look like a jerk, right? So in both those cases, the jerk, the attitude are impacts and not behaviors. So somebody could argue with you the, the connection between the rolling of the eyes and saying, telling somebody they're stupid in a meeting and the fact that, that the meeting doesn't go well, or whatever the consequences are. But they s- certainly makes it a lot harder to argue about whatever they did. I mean, those are observable. Things. If you had a videotape, you'd actually be able to see them doing it. You'd see their right. body language. You'd see their facial expressions. You'd see the words they they said and how they said them. Um, right. So it makes it less likely that there is going to be, I don't know, maybe there's going to be some defensiveness about it, but there is going to be better acceptance of what actual behavior you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, and there'll be people who, look, there are managers who say, well, I'm afraid my people will be defensive. And that's the reason why I don't want to give them feedback. Well, there are a couple of problems with that. One is when we ask people, do they want more feedback from the boss? Do they think it'd make them better? Everybody raises their hand. Yes, I would, please. When we ask, would you be defensive? They're like, no, I wouldn't. But then everybody, when I say, hey, do you worry about your directs being defensive? Oh, yes, they'll be defensive. It's like, well, it's always the group we're talking to is the enlightened one. And the group that is out there that reports them is not. I, I worry sometimes about how bad some of the directs in the world are. And by the way, all of Every single boss we know, save, you know, maybe a couple of hundred have directs or have bosses. But it's amazing how as a boss, I I wouldn't be defensive if my boss gives me feedback. But, I, you know, I expect my directs to be defensive. And so, therefore, I'm not going to give them feedback. Well, 
they're not defensive because of the feedback. They're defensive because of how we've been delivering it up until now and how often we tend to attack the person, which is when we talk about attitude or intent or, or mindset then or making inferences about things, then they feel like we're attacking them. There's a big difference between these two. Let me give you two, two other examples to compare. When you don't care about team meetings, everyone complains. And of course, the person says, but I do care about team meetings. Compare that with when you miss meetings repeatedly, teammates complain to me, just an FYI, right? Right. And then, well, I didn't miss that many meetings. Well, okay, you, but you missed three. And I just wanted you to know that people complain about it. Well, who complained? Doesn't matter. I'm just sharing with you. Just thought you'd want to know they complained. Oh, I don't care about those people. Oh, okay, just wanted you to know. And remember now, the purpose of feedback is to encourage effective behavior. If they get defensive a little bit and they change their behavior, that's okay. We can't make them not defensive, particularly if we're a project manager. We can't make them be not defensive. On the other hand, if somebody's a little defensive, but they come to all your meetings on time, isn't that a better thing than them showing up late and being defensive? Yeah. We'll take we'll take the one we can get when we can get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or if they're angry, but don't exhibit any anger behaviors, do we really care, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, you know, that one messes people up. Don't you agree? That one messes people up. Oh, well, the guy's angry and I know it. Well, how do you know it? Well, I don't know. Okay, so in other words, if there's no behaviors, if no one else could tell he's angry, but you still know he's angry, you're going to tell him he's angry? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Then he's going to say, no, I'm not. Well, but, but okay, Mark, you're a professional. You're not telling me that you get angry at work sometimes. Oh, sure I do. You do? I'm sure I do. Everybody who's listening to this podcast gets angry at work at, at times. Probably once a week, I would guess. Some more, sometimes once a day, some less, maybe once every two weeks or every three weeks. We get anger, get angry, we feel anger. But eh, there's nothing in the rule book here, nothing in professional uh, jurisprudence, if you will, about work that says you can't get angry. The problem is you can't act angry. Right. We all feel happy, sad, uh, demotivated, motivated, angry, energized, whatever at work all the time. We're human beings are a flipping sea of emotions. Right. It's frustrating as heck, particularly for those of us who are engineers. Right. I just want everything to add up. Anger is okay. Feeling angry is okay. Acting on the anger is the problem. And if somebody comes to work angry, but delivers all the things you want them to deliver and is relatively pleasant with other people then you don't have a problem. Now, if they start acting angry, the thing is, we just don't talk about how angry they are. We talk about the actions because them feeling angry doesn't hurt other people, doesn't affect our results. It's their behaviors when they're angry that makes a difference. And that's why we focus on behavior. Exactly. So let's, let's talk a little bit about how this works with folks that might have more rank than us. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of project managers. They have they might be a project manager and have directors on their project team. And yeah. so are you saying that this model works even for the project manager who's giving feedback to the person who might be, that could be several levels above them in the organization? Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, we understand politically that could be dangerous. And there are some people that we would say, you know, use your judgment and be cautious. But this is the lowest impact way of talking to someone who's responsible to us on a project for something that's going well or not going well. Remember, it could be positive or negative. It doesn't have to be negative. And if somebody's two levels above you and you give them an FYI and they get angry 
okay, they behave angrily toward us, then okay, they're probably not going to respond well to a simply F- simple FYI. And so guess what? We're probably not going to give them any more project manager feedback because we've told you before, we don't manage our boss. On the other hand, we would argue that person behaved unprofessionally and you still have an obligation to talk to them about things that could go better. And frankly, we've also found that the vast majority of more senior people are very open to feedback and expect project managers to talk to them about things that are slowing, de- slowing things down and that they know they're late and they're using their rank privately, their role privately to not get in trouble for it when in fact they know they're late. And so the project manager says, hey, I just want to let you know when you're late on stuff, it, it slows the rest of the work down. Just want to give you an FYI. You can even say, I know you're two levels above me, so I respect you've got other stuff to do, but all we're doing is offering something. And this really boils down to the reason we slim down the feedback model, the project feedback model to two steps, is that it does completely take rank out of the equation if all we're doing is talking talking about action and reaction. You know, we mentioned earlier that a PM might have somebody on their team that is a peer of one of our directs, right? And ostensibly, we'd outrank them. This is somebody a lower level than us. They're an individual contributor. We're a manager. They're an individual contributor and a peer of one of our individual contributors who's a direct of ours. And we would, we'd quote, outrank them in the company. And frankly, on most project teams, at least in the plurality of most project teams, that's the case. The people on the team are going to be, maybe not your directs, but peers of our directs, okay? But if we built a model that addresses only the plurality, which is most of the people on your team are going to be one level down from you, that only makes sense if we want every project manager to have to make make a distinction between the various ranks of various team members in order to deliver feedback. And then suggest a different model for those who are our peers or our superiors or our direct peers or whatever, depending upon the organizational model. But look, the facts today are that organizations are becoming less and less clear about relative rank, and projects tend to include many different organizational representatives, and they're often scaled up and down with vertical, you know, various levels of people in the organization. To say nothing of the fact that if you don't have direct power over somebody, there's somebody who's going to be a level below you, but because they've been there for 20 years and you've only been there for five, they're going to feel like they outrank you. People look for any justification to give themselves more power, more rank, and people who have been there a long time but at a fairly low level, talk about their seniority and not about their role. Everyone who's listening has heard that before, right? So essentially what we're trying to do, if we had a model that said, depending upon the rank of the person and so on, what would happen is that would make it hard to decide what model we're going to use with which of our folks. And look, even if we are sure, having to pick and choose is still an extra step. And Mike and I know that extra steps in processes, particularly in ones where we're trying to give feedback, which should be fairly short and sweet, extra steps reduce compliance among managers and among project managers as well. So a project manager can use this model to give two-step project manager feedback to someone who is assigned to our team, even if they ostensibly outrank us. And again, we go back to the point I made, there are probably some situations where we wouldn't recommend it, okay? It's our boss's boss. We don't have a good relationship with him. He's not known for being collegial. He's been rude to us before and dismissive of us before. You know, okay, fine. Leave that person out, okay? But this model works even for people who outrank us. 
And it works well in part because of good relationships, in part because of willingness, and it's powerful because of those things also. What about the the client who comes to us and says, hey, Mark, Mike, I've had this guy on my team for a long time. He's part of my project team. We go back a long while, and he's good for PM feedback. And I've observed this other feedback, not related to the project, but I need to give him feedback on it. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, I no, no way, no way, no way, no way, no, 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 no. Now, look, if you're a friend of somebody and they're a peer of yours, then there are certain situations where the action reaction thing, just an FYI, might help. But our fundamental belief is this is built for project managers. It's designed only specifically and exclusively and entirely for the project related work that you're on in the time that you're on it. Okay. This is not carte blanche, okay? It's project-related. It works for the duration of the project with those folks who, quote, report to us as their project manager. Only them and only on stuff related to the project. We're not the boss. We never recommend trying to be. If somebody says, I'd really like you to be my boss, I would like you to, to take me under your wing and so on, okay, that's nice, but that, that's what they want versus what we know will work. If you want to be their mentor afterwards and you want to use this for mentoring feedback, that's fine, but that's a different role and it's not related to the project work. It's based on it because you met them on the project, but the project manager feedback model works on the project with the people on our project if we're the project manager during the duration of the project. So our recommendation is to just be a good PM, stick with two-step feedback to them during the project and then stop. Good. All right. How about a quick wrap up then? Okay, sure. So we gave some background. We understand that project managers have a tough road to hoe and the organization doesn't help a great deal. We share the two-step feedback model, which is, hey, when you do this, here's what happens, right? It's action and reaction. We've eliminated step one and step four, which um, have questions in them from the model. We want to make it simple. We get the work, we get rid of the rank-related, the role-related power statements in the four-step model. Hey, when you do X, here's what happens. This works regardless of rank. In other words, you can give project manager feedback to someone on your project team while they're on the team, and you can do it in a basically, you're, we're offering an insight, the, you know, new information for them, and hopefully they'll take it well. And if they don't, we just don't do it anymore. And the last thing is we only do this with project work during the project. It doesn't extend after that. That's it. Excellent. All right, my friend. Thanks. Thanks, partner. All right, man. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. As always, we appreciate you joining us each week here on Manager Tools. For those of you who are new to the show, I thought I'd point out two things. First, this is a lot of stuff. We have almost 300 podcasts, and there's a lot to cover here. And the question a lot of folks have is, where do I start? Well, we put together a special RSS feed and page on the website called the Manager Tools Basics just for you. So if you have any doubts at all as to where to start with all this stuff, go to the website and check out the Manager Tools Basics, www.manager-tools.com. Secondly, the feed in iTunes only has around 60 of the almost 300 podcasts. If you want to get a feed that has all the podcasts, simply go to the website and sign up for a membership, which is absolutely free. If you do that, you'll be able to get the registered members podcast that has all the podcasts in one easy to use feed. And again, you'll see directions for that on the website as well. All right. I hope that helps some of you in terms of consuming some of this content. 
and we'll see y'all again next week. So long.